Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church. So good to see the church family today. Welcome to those also who are online, uh, who I can't see. I'm so glad that you're with us. And uh, I hope that you've come ready to worship God today, ready to praise Him, ready to give glory to God in our praise. Um, so welcome. I don't think we've got any first-time visitors today. Um, maybe there are some online. Welcome if, you're first, if it's your first time with us. Um, I'm just... I don't know if you remember that story about Jacob. Um, when he lay down to sleep and he, he began to have this dream about a, a stairway that led up into heaven. And uh, there's a very famous song about that, uh, which is banned from all guitar shops, apparently. Um, and he has this dream and he sees angels ascending and descending on this ladder. And this is what he says, Surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And I just kind of think that as we come together, as we come to praise, our praise is a gateway into the very presence of God. Our praise is a gateway into heaven. And it, what made me think about this was reading uh, in Psalm 118 this week. And it says, this is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving, enter into his courts with praise. Our praise is a gateway into heaven, and it's how God comes to us sometimes. Uh, not, it's not the only way, but it's a way that God comes to us, and it's why I say Sunday by Sunday that we covet the presence of God, that God inhabits the praises of his people. And I'm just, my prayer again today is that he inhabits our praise. And uh, I was listening to an old prophetic word that Ray gave, uh, Ray Stokes gave in our church a while back and he talked about how he talked about that very thing if we revel in God if we glory in God if we love to be in God's presence then surely he wants to be there with us don't you think you know just think about it on a, a human level if you're in the company of somebody that loves your presence you want to be in their company don't you if you're in the company of somebody who's a grumpy old you know thing you're going to just kind of try and avoid that person, aren't you? You're like, oh, I don't, I don't want to hang about with them. They're, they, all they do is moan, you know. It's like we want to be in the company of people that we enjoy being with and that lift us up and that encourage us. And, and you know, I just think about God, and God wants to be with us today. He wants to be in our company. Let's revel in his presence today. Let's glory in his presence, and let's seek his glory in our presence today. So let's stand, if you're able to stand. We're going to pray and we're going to just invite God in and we're going to bring ourselves into his presence today. Father, we just thank you that we can come before you today. And Lord, we know that we come from all different experiences this week, different things which have happened to us. Lord, maybe things that we've been struggling with. And Lord, if there are areas of temptation that we have struggled with, perhaps uh, given into, then Father, we just confess that to you this morning. Areas of weakness, Father, areas where we've maybe thought the wrong thing or said the wrong thing. Father, we just ask for your forgiveness today. We ask that we would enter into your gates as people who are right before you. Father, we just pray that we would stand in the righteousness of Jesus today. Father, we thank you for his sacrifice on that cross, which made that way possible for us to come into your presence. Father, that we can come before you, not because we are boasting about ourselves or because we've done anything that's good, but we stand in his righteousness. We're clothed in his righteousness. And so, Father, that's the way we come in to your presence today. Father, we want to be clean. We want to be holy. We want to be in that place where we are forgiven and filled with your spirit and full of grace and so father we just ask that you would come and that you would manifest your presence in this place today father that people would see your presence in this place today in jesus name we ask amen amen let's worship god
our prayer today Father that the lost will come home that the bound will go free that the weak will be strong Father that the broken are redeemed the sick will be well the hungry will feast the mourning will dance the blinded will see the church will arise with power and love our cities will know the glory of God. The future is bright. There's nothing to fear. Revival is now. The kingdom is here. Father, we thank you that even in Jesus' day when he walked the earth, he said the kingdom of God isn't coming. It's here. It's here right now. He brought in the kingdom of God, the kingdom's rule, the kingdom's authority, the kingdom's power. And Father, he ushered that in with his life, with his teaching, with his death, with his resurrection, with his ascension. And Father, with the prayers that he prays over his church, even today, 
Father, he ushers in the kingdom of God. And Father, we pray for your church in this nation. Father, I pray for the church in Scotland, that you would revive the church in Scotland. Father, that you would breathe upon it afresh. And Father, that it would be a fresh wind come from heaven in your church. Father, that you would create within us and stir up, uh, create within us a hunger, Father, for more of you, more of your word, more of worship, Father, more of uh, our, our, our lives being lived in the way that you want. Father, create within us a passion and a hunger and a thirst after you. And Father, we pray that you come and that you would continue to do the new thing that you've already begun. Father, you've begun a new thing. Now it springs forth and you ask us, do you perceive it? Father, yes, we perceive it. We hear it in the hunger that's in people's hearts as they pray. Father, we hear it in the hungers of church leaders, Father, who are just wanting more of you. Father, across this nation, church leaders who are hungry for more of you moving in your church and doing something fresh. And Father, we confess that we can't do this without you. Father, we are powerless to do it on our own strength. We need you. And so, Father, we ask that you would come and that you would fill your church afresh with your spirit. Father, that you would fill us afresh, that we would just know your presence in new ways, in tangible ways. Father, we pray that, we pray, Father, that as we pray for people, that there'd be that release of the, the kingdom of God in our prayers as we pray. Pray for healing and emotional, mental physical, spiritual, whatever it is. Father, as we pray for miracles that would happen, Father, help us to have faith for greater things in you. And so, Father, we ask that you would lead us in these things. Lead us in these things, Father. We need, we need you. We can't do this in our own strength. Father, thinking back to that word, Father, that word from uh, Micah, that you would break through, that you would go before us and that we would go through the gate. Father, that we would break out, that we would break through, that we would break open. And Father, go into new things and new, new experiences. Father, we know that there's nothing new, in a sense, under the sun. But Father, new for our day and our age. And Father, I pray for this little part of Scotland called West Lothian. And Father, we, I, I just pray that you would do something in West Lothian that would be significant. Father, a significant move of your Holy Spirit in West Lothian. Father, something that would change our communities, the community that we're standing in right now and worshipping you in. And Father, the surrounding communities, all the little villages and towns, even our, our principal uh, town of Livingston. Father, we pray that you'd move and Father, that you'd bring revival in this area. Father, that you'd open up the wells of your blessing. Father, there'd be a river which would flow and bring a freshness into this wider community of West Lothian. And Father, we pray for your church in this area. Father, I pray for your spirit to come and to bring healing in your church. Father, where there has been splits and divisions, and Father, where things have went wrong, Father, we just pray for healing. We pray for it at all levels. Father, just the healing of your spirit to come. Father, that the oil would be poured out. Father, that balm, that balm of Gilead, that healing balm that it would flow out. And Father, that it would touch our hearts. And Father, that we would experience something fresh of the grace of God and the love of God in our hearts. Father, your word says that by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love one for another. And Father, we just pray for a tangible expression of that love in our time. Father, something fresh and new for this season. And so, Father, we just present these prayers and requests to you. Father, with thanksgiving for all that you are to us, all you're doing, all that you mean to us, the tangible ways that we see you working in our lives. Father, we give you praise and glory and thanksgiving. Lord, we worship you. We magnify the name of Jesus in this place because he is the one who is at the center of all that we're doing today. We worship him, we worship you. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you'd move in our hearts today and that you'd stir us up and that something fresh would just rise up in our hearts today. Something that would give glory to you. Something that would give glory to you, Father. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
always feel that someday, at least one person in here today who feels small, insignificant, feel that your life doesn't matter, that it doesn't count for very much, that maybe you can rest on that this week. There's kind of maybe feelings of doubt or lack of self-worth or and I, I just feel that the Lord wants to encourage you today wants to encourage you to say just bring who you are to him just put out your hands and receive from him today and remember that God chooses to use the weak things of this world the weak his strength is made perfect in weakness he uses the small and weak and insignificant things to to just really puzzle wise people and so if if that's you today and you feel small you you feel like you don't matter you feel insignificant then maybe you're in a good place for God to come and to do something in your life today, something fresh. So Father, I just pray over this congregation, Father, over every individual, Father, over our families, Lord, that you would come and that you bring a freshness into our lives. Father, even if we feel small and insignificant, we feel that our life or our gift or or what we have to offer doesn't really mean very much, doesn't matter to anybody. Father, help us to know that a little given to you can become a lot. Father, that a little given in faith to you, surrendered in faith to you, you can transform that. And Father, you can do incredible things. And so, Father, we give our hearts to you today. And Father, we just ask that you would come and that you'd meet us at our point of need. Father, those who are struggling with health, Lord, there are many in our church today who are struggling with health issues, physical health issues. And Father, we just pray for a healing touch to flow from your very throne room. Father, may it be like a river that just flows out. May there be healing in that river. And Father, we pray, help us to have the faith to jump into the river. Father, just like Naaman, who had to jump into that Jordan River, seven times he had to go into the river. Father, help us to to just jump into the river of your healing today. Father, may we by faith enter into that. We receive it today by faith. Lord, those who are with us in the building today who need a, a physical touch, those who are maybe online, those who are not well enough to be here today, Lord, we just ask for your healing to fl- to flow. Uh, and Father, just like a river, may it flow into our congregation and to all who are joined online, Father, wherever they are. Lord, we pray that healing would flow. Lord, you're not limited by space and time. And so, Father, we pray that healing would flow. Father, we just pray. We pray, help us to receive all that you have for us. Lord, today, as we, as we just turn to your word in just a moment, Father, may our hearts be open really to receive all that you have for us today. Lord, may we be receptive to your word. Lord, it's your word that changes us. It's what transforms us. It's how we're transformed by the renewing of our mind because we meditate on your word, Father, and we allow it to come into our spirits, into our minds and into our souls. And so, Father, we pray in a minute or two as we turn to your word, may our hearts be totally open to all that you want to say. In Jesus' name we ask. Praise God. Praise God. I, I just, I don't know, there's something about worship. It just opens things up. I love worshiping. Um, it's amazing. And we know that he's worthy of our praise. Sorry, I'm just getting rid of all the stuff that I don't need. I'm picking up the stuff that I do need. Just a little reminder that um, uh, tonight at half past six, we'll be praying for prodigals on Zoom. The link has been emailed out to everyone. And so please uh, come along to that and pray. I'm sure we all have people who are on our hearts that we pray for regularly. And then after that, um, at Lynn's house, the young adults will be be meeting for a quiz night. So that's at seven o'clock. So that will be happening as well. There'll be no prayer tomorrow morning on Zoom, just so that you're aware. Um, but we will be praying as normal on Wednesday night at 7.30 on Zoom. And the other thing that I was going to say is that we'll be heading off to conference this week, a few of us from the church, um, accompanied by Ron, who will be joining us, Ron Edwards. And uh, we're going into AOG conference from Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Uh, so if, if you could pray for us at conference. I, I go to conference to really 
meet other people, but to meet with the Lord more importantly, to hear fresh things from God. So I just want to be in that place to hear from God. So that's all I'm going to say for a little moment. I'm going to invite Elsie and Brendan up, and they're going to give us a little COVID uh, update. Uh, so if you guys could come up, that'd be great. Thank you. Jeff's thinking I would probably not need to move this, but I'll move it down just a wee shade if I can, Stevie, will I? Oh, that should be all right. Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Isn't it lovely to be in the building this morning? It's so nice to be in church. And I, I know I felt really uplifted this morning with our praise song, so thanks to all those people that were on uh, this morning. We thought it would be really useful to give you an update on all things COVID in relation to attending church and moving forward. As you know, COVID restrictions have changed a couple of weeks ago, and there's no longer a legal requirement to wear a mask or to stick to uh, the one or two meter distancing. Um, and there's, a, there's no um, restrictions anymore in the number of people who can be in a room or in the toilets and so on. So you'll have noticed that some of the green signs have gone this morning. And therefore, attending church in the building has become much easier. And you will have noticed that a num the numbers attending church on a Sunday have increased in the last COVID information update that Stevie sent out to everyone, we said that, and I'm quoting this, although masks are no longer a legal requirement, we fully acknowledge that many individuals will still prefer to wear a mask, and we ask everyone to respect those decisions. Many people will also prefer a personal space of one metre plus, and again, we ask that everyone be aware of those preferences. It's each person's responsibility, to, however, to make sure that their own preferences are made known to other people. However, we would always ask you to err on the side of safety. And we would ask that that information that was sent out maybe a, a week and a half, two weeks ago, remains for the present. Yeah, good morning. So as we move forward, um, I think there's a few things that we just need to point out to you. Uh, and firstly, that uh, as we try to bring more into the church, we're obviously going to have to think about our seating. We still want to encourage group seating the way it is just today. So if you have a note, just two, we'll try to fit two. If it's five or six, we'll do five or six. However, if more people come back into the church, that's going to be more difficult. And we may have to get into the traditional rules. However, I think we're a wee well away from that. We will, <coughs> pardon me, we'll continue to spray the building um, monthly. This is for a number of reasons. One, it makes the virus less transmissible, not only the coronavirus, but also other things like the norovirus, sorry. Um, and it's inevitable that some of these viruses will come back as we, we socialize more. So the more we can spray this building and keep it sanitized, the better. And this is done once a month, and it will last about 30 days. So as our groups start and the, the building becomes um, more used by other people, this will give us uh, added protection for those groups. With those groups as well, we're going to give them some guidance to the leaders for particularly cleaning, because it's a special cleaning that we use. And we want to make sure that we maintain that integrity of our cleaning. Our kitchen will obviously, no doubt, come back into use. And it's important, again, that we keep the, the correct cleaning routine for that as well. And finally, we will have the traditional clean of the building. That happens once a week. But we ask that any rubbish you bring in, you take back home with you or you put it in the bin in the foyer because it's important that we try to keep the place as clean as possible for our cleaner as well. And we'll pass it back to Elsie now. Thank you. So we are getting back a bit more to normality. However, we'd ask you to remember, don't come to church if you have a temperature, if you're not feeling well, and keep washing your hands properly. Consider other people's needs and wishes in regard to personal space. Wear a mask if you feel you should. And remember, everyone lives in different circumstances. And although we're a church family, we don't all understand every individual's home circumstances. If you have particular requests in regard to any of the aspects of coming to church, please let us know what those are and we'll try to accommodate where at all possible. 
I'll finish off by thanking you all because it's been absolutely amazing that everyone has stuck to the guidance that we've tried to give throughout the last two years. It's been a long two years, everyone, but we thank you all for being with us, not giving us lots of issues and problems, but just by sticking with us, we've tried to make the decisions based on guidance that we've been given. So great to have everybody back here and let's keep safe. Thank you guys, really appreciate the work that Elsie and Brendan along with the senior leadership team have done over the last couple of years, just making decisions, keeping up to date, keeping everybody safe and uh, I'm really appreciative for the job that you guys have done, um, the wisdom that you brought has, has been incredible, so thank you for that. Uh, I'm just going to say one last prayer and I know that time is marching on and then I'm going to come to uh, the message for today. So let's just bow our heads in prayer for a little minute as we think about our nation Father, we, we pray firstly for uh, the situation in Ukraine. Father, we ask for peace to descend in this whole debacle, the chaos. And Father, we pray that there would be uh, just an opportunity to dialogue and to come to a place of agreement. Father, we pray uh, for sense to prevail. Lord, war never accomplishes anything positive. And so, Father, we pray for sense to prevail in this situation. And Lord, we do pray again for your church in the Ukraine and the surrounding nations and Russia as well. And Father, we pray that you'd strengthen your church. Father, that you would cause faith to rise. And Father, we pray that you would add to the church, even in, even in uh, challenging times, Lord, that you would continue to add to the church daily those who are being saved. And Father, we pray that you would bring good out of the horrendous things that we have been seeing uh, and listening to and reading. And so, Father, we just pray. We pray that you would bring peace. Father, we pray for our own nation as well. We pray for our leaders. Father, as we uh, are confronted by yet another scandal and Father, just, Lord, just things that we know that they're not in accordance with your will. Father, your word says that righteousness exalts a nation. And Father, we, we pray for an influx, an infusion of righteousness into those who lead in our nation. Father, whether it's at a national level or a local level, Father, we've got elections coming up this week. And uh, Father, we just pray that your will would be done in these things. And Father, we ask that you would have your way, that your will would be done, that your kingdom would come. And Father, we pray that our elected officials would listen to the wisdom that the church has to offer. And Father, not just throw things back to the church and not just ignore the church, but Father, that there be that dialogue, and Father, that would be the wisdom of heaven which we can bring into the conversation. So, Lord, we just pray that you would lead not only our leaders, but lead your church and the church's leaders. And Father, we pray that you'd raise up leaders within the church who could be statesmen in our nation once again. Father, that there would be those, they, they will have a backlash, obviously. But Father, we pray for boldness to speak and to lead. And Father, to speak out and to be a light in the darkness for your glory. And in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. I'm going to continue from last week. And uh, the theme today is generous hearts. And the strap line there is everyone who is willing. A few weeks ago, well, let me, let me just put it this way. Previously in Whitburn Pentecostal Church, for all of you who watch too much TV, you'll hear that said, eh? previously in whatever you watch. Okay. So this is previously in Whitburn Pentecostal Church. I gave a message a few weeks back. And the, the main points of the message were was that God paints the picture. We call that vision. We were thinking about Moses, how he received the instructions for the tabernacle. God painted the picture to Moses and he shared that. He gave that vision. He brought the vision to the people. And my point at the end was, is your head in the game? Do you see the vision? Are you catching what God is saying? The second point was that God prepares the people for engagement, to be involved in the vision, in the mission of uh, what is happening. God raised up a man at that time called Bezalel, who was skilled in crafts, and he was able to use his gifts to serve and to create this incredible thing called the tabernacle. God provides the resources. Sorry, I asked, are you willing? Are your hands willing to work? Uh, Point three, God provides the resources, and we call that, I called that fulfillment. God, we need the resources in order to fulfill the vision. And what I asked was, uh, are your hearts moved? Is your heart moved? 
And today, what I'm going to speak on is that third point, and then next week I'm going to jump back into the second point about engagement. Today, I want to speak for a little while about giving. And I'm only going to scratch the surface, and I'm aware that my time is, well, time's moving really fast. But before, before I go on to, to that, I'm going to continue in this previously in Whitburn Pentecostal Church. Last week, I'm going to do a little quiz. Elsie said I should warn you earlier, but I'm just not as kind as Elsie. So, so that last week I talked about vision and I said, what do we see? What, is, what, did, what was the phrase that I used last week? Okay, so last week wasn't very successful, was it? I know, and that's why I gave you one of these things here, okay? And if you don't have one of these, there's a few more out the back. Take one, and I encourage you to read it out loud and to pray over it. And if you'd read it out loud to yourself and prayed over it, you would know that what we see is this, sowing seeds of faith and reaping the generations. You go, ah, I remember that. No, you didn't. Okay? You only remember it because I said it. Okay? And then I talked about what we do. What is the mission of the church? The mission of the church is to? To reach, win, grow, and serve. To reach, win, grow, and serve. I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm just, I'm just messing with you today. Is that okay? I'm just having a bit of fun. I'm just, there's something mischievous in me. If you've not come across it, it's it's rooted right at the heart of me. Um, (laughs) Talking about mischievous, um, we we used to do this when I was in Mitsubishi. Somebody would be concentrating and working away with a soldier iron at the bench, and you'd look behind them and just go like that, and about the ropesters, and and you'd see the soldier irons flying everywhere. Sorry, we we were naughty. How do we do it? There were three values that I talked about last week. What the heck are our values? Humility, excellence, and compassion. Humility, excellence, and compassion. Well, we remember that bit. That's good. This is where we're going as a church. I believe God has spoken. And this picture, I was sharing this picture with another minister just on Friday. And I was talking about how it's it's like a picture of God's blessing coming down. And there are places where God's blessing will come down and places where God's blessing will not come down because people are not wanting it, not ready to receive it, not hungry for it. But where we are hungry, where we want to receive, that blessing will come down from heaven and we will see God do something. I believe with all my heart, along with many other leaders in our nation, that God wants to do something. There's a sense of which God is ready to do something new. And today I want to think a little bit about generous hearts. I'm 10 minutes in now. I've not even got to my message yet. Generous hearts. Do you know, I have never spoken before about financial giving in the life of the church. I never gave a message on it. I've touched on it a few weeks ago when we talked about uh, Moses and the building of the tabernacle, but I have never preached on that. I've covered it in membership classes when we've done them, and I will get back to people on membership and baptism uh, just shortly. And people have commented to me, people who have been tuned into our services online, people have said to me, or, or people have fed back to me that people had observed that we never talked about giving. We never talked about financial giving. We never asked people for money ever in the life of the church. And over the last two years, it's quite incredible, actually. Never asked for money in the life of the church. We don't take up an offering at the end, all those types of things. And that's what people have picked up on. And rather than talk about church finances, what we've done in the background is pray about church finances. Now, what gives the meaning to our words? Is it the dictionary? Does the dictionary define our meaning to words? Or is it the spirit by which we say them? Because we forget what people say, but we don't, we don't forget how people made us feel. And how people intend the words, how people say things, it's not what you say, it's the way that you say it. <laughs> and that's what gets results, okay? It's the way that we say it. And I want you to feel the way that I'm saying this today 
I want to say it's already been said today, but I want to say thank you to everyone who has given steadily to the life of this church financially over many years. It could be decades, but particularly over the last couple of years. Financial giving enables us to fulfill the vision and the mission that God has given us as a church. And it's about his kingdom coming. It's about his will being done on earth as it is in heaven. But specifically in this little area where we are praying that the reign of God, the presence of God, the spirit of God comes and does something in our community and the surrounding communities. Are you still with me? Yeah, good. Just checking. There can be a hesitation to preach about financial giving, to teach on it, because there are churches and you just wonder if that's the thing that's most important to them because all you ever hear is about money, about giving, about finances. There are churches, false churches called cults, which try to prey on vulnerable people looking for money. We've seen that on our televisions. We've heard about it. And you should never have to pray pay somebody to pray for you. Never. I don't believe that that's right. I don't believe that that's what God intends. And that's not what we're about. And integrity and leadership says you're not pastored in this church because of what you give, but because of who you are. It's not about what you give, it's about who you are, because every person is created in the image of God. Every person is valuable to God, and you are valuable in our sight as leaders of the church as well. And I'm also aware that as I talk about giving, that there is a financial backdrop to what I'm saying today. The cost of living is going through the roof. And I know that all too well. And I know that I'm streaming online today. But the message today, this message is for us. This is for us as a church family today. It's not for people who are not part of our church. But it's not about money. It's about the mission. It's about the mission. I want you to bear that in mind. I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying today. I want you to hear what I am saying today because it, it I always find it amusing how I can give a message and somebody will say, oh, that was really interesting when you said such and such. And I'm like, I didn't say that. <laughs> but somehow people, somebody heard that. I'm like, okay. It's funny. Communication is a funny thing. But I want to challenge us today that generosity is an attitude of the heart not of the head. It's not about the decisions we make here. It's about our heart attitude. And you might remember the story that I shared about that little girl, Hattie Mae Wyatt, and her 57 cents and how she gave that to the church and how these days there's a university and a hospital and a big church that's all there because of that turning point moment. We talked about the tabernacle of Moses being built. And the scriptures say over and over again in that passage that those whose hearts were moved gave those whose hearts were moved gave. And at that time, Moses had to actually ask the people to stop giving. It's like, yeah, you just need to stop. There's too much. Wow. Wouldn't it be amazing if we had to say stop giving? But the end result was that they built something that was a place to worship God, a, pl- a place where God's glory would come, and they would lift it, and they would travel through the wilderness with that. I'm going to talk about that maybe in a few weeks' time, just to illustrate the beauty of the tabernacle and what God asked them to build. The same is true for Solomon's temple. And people came all over, from all over the world to see Solomon's temple and to hear his wisdom, to receive his wisdom. And today, I want to quote something which for me sums up what I think is really important about this. I was reading, you'll know that I've been reading A Resilient Life because you've fed up listening to me quoting it, okay? But Gordon MacDonald said this, most people think of generosity in terms of the almighty dollar, but generosity is a much larger issue than just money. We are talking about a way of life that begins with this question, what of me can be shared or given away? And today, I want to touch on three things, and I've got 10 minutes to go. (laughs) I want you to think about, you can only give what's yours to give. I want you to think about you give to God, and I want you to think about you give in measure. The first of those points, and I won't, they are brief, I'll shoot through them really quickly, honest. Uh, let's, Let's time it and see how I do, eh? You can only give what's yours to give. And there's a story in the book of Samuel 
where David was commanded to worship the Lord and to build an altar on uh, land that was owned by a man called Arauna, I think is how you pronounce it. It's an odd one. I've tried saying it out loud, but it still didn't sound right. And, and this man, Arauna, wanted to give David the land. He says, you're the king. You know, I'm happy to give you this land. Just take it. Take it for nothing. And this is what David said. He said, I will not offer uh, burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, that cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. He wasn't prepared to give to God something that cost him nothing. And I feel that's such an important point. You can only give what's yours to give. Some people today may be in a relationship, you may be married and your spouse is not a Christian, maybe not part of this church, and you don't have the same liberty when it comes to how the finances are spent or even indeed your time, how you spend your time for that matter. And you need to balance uh, all these things up. You need to balance your faith and your relationship with your spouse. We can only give what's ours to give, but God knows your heart. It's also true that God does not deserve second best. And when it came to the old sacrificial system that was initiated through the tabernacle, it said that they had to bring a lamb or some form of uh, sacrifice and it had to be without defect. It had to be perfect. They couldn't bring second best to God. Why? Because it pointed forward to a greater reality. Jesus, the spotless lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. Remember that the tabernacle was a shadow of what was to come. Jesus was cast in that shadow. The light of God was shining in him and it was creating a shadow called the tabernacle. Jesus is that lamb of God. We can only bring to God what's ours to give. Second point, you give to God, not to the church, not to people. You give to God. The Bible talks about giving a tenth part of what comes in to God. The word that is used there is the tithe, which in essence means tenth. The tithe can't be designated or restricted. If we go to the AGM, we say such and such came in, that's been designated for that little project, or somebody's given money and it's restricted for the building or whatever. When we give our tithe, we're given to God. We're giving it into the storehouse, into the church. And there are various passages throughout the scriptures that talk about this. And it starts in Genesis, the seedbed of the Bible. And it starts with Genesis 14, 20, a man called Abram. And he's, he goes out to rescue the people. And he comes back and he gives the priest at the time, Melchizedek, a tenth. It says, then Abraham gave him a tenth of everything. Everything that he had taken, all the plunder was given. A tenth was given to, to Abraham, uh, to Melchizedek. Also with Jacob. In Genesis 28, 22, it says, of all that you gave me, give me, I will give you a tenth. Again, the Levites and all the people, the Levites were the people who served in the tabernacle, then served in the temple later. And it says, when you receive from the Israelites the tithe. Also in Deuteronomy, we talk about the produce of the fields. In Deuteronomy 14, 22, be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. And then lastly, and I thought this verse was quite important, we will not neglect the house of our God. We read that in Nehemiah 10.39. There's a principle seeded in at the very start of the Bible, in Genesis, that seedbed of the Bible, of giving a tenth, giving the tithe to God. And we bring that tithe into the church, into the storehouse for the mission to be accomplished. But eventually, as the people went on and they got slack and they got into idolatry, God had two bones to pick with the people, two bones in particular. Firstly, they were withholding tithes from God, and secondly, they were not observing the Sabbath. And this is the words that were speaking, uh, spoken sorry, by Malachi. We read it in chapter 3. I'll put part of it up on the screen in a second. I beg you, I'll just put it up today. I didn't mean to do that. Okay. Let's just stick with that now. Will a man rob God, it says, yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? And then God replies, in tithes and offerings, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you're robbing me. And then it goes on to say in verse 10, and it's on the, the screen and on the wall, 
Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have enough room for it. Bringing in the tithe, bringing it into the storehouse. And God says, test me in this. Test me. Some say that tithing's not mentioned in the New Testament. Whoa. What do we do then? What do we do? It's not mentioned in the New Testament. <gasps> Does that mean that we're in the New Covenant and we don't need to tithe? Let me read some things from the New Testament. In Acts chapter 2, verse 45, it says this about the early church. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Wow. Or to quote Jesus from Matthew chapter 19, verse 21, and he, he's speaking to a young man who's got lots and lots of money, a rich young ruler, as it talks about, who wants to follow Jesus. And this is what he says to him. If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. There is an expectation of generosity in the church. Point number three, moving swiftly on, you give in measure. Jesus talked about the measure which you use, and it's a general principle and can be applied to all sorts of things. It could be whether we judge people. How do we, how do we view other people? Do we give to others? Do we give of our time? Do we give of our words, kind words, encouraging words? Or do we give critical words or, or things which bring people down? The Bible says that with the measure you use, that's the measure you'll use to gain. And Jesus talks specifically in this context about judging other people. But Paul writing to the Corinthian church said this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should, or each person, should give what she, he, they have decided in their heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Yeah? God lo I love that picture. It's like you, the offering bag comes around, which we don't do anymore, and you go, yes! Yeah, have you ever felt that when you give to somebody else? You go, yes! Or is it... <laughs> we don't actually have an offering bag these days, and we're not likely to go back to an offering bag. Yeah, I've never in two years asked for an offering. It's great. I love it. It's one less thing to do. <laughs> but there's a general principle of generosity and of giving. And it, it says in Mark 4.24, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you and even more. That verse that we read earlier from Malachi chapter 3, the prophet says, test me in this. If you're worried about giving to God, let me tell you, never to worry about giving to God, right? Never worry about giving to God. I don't, I don't worry about money the same these days. In fact, I don't really worry about money because I realize that God is my provider. I realize that God is the provider for the church. And we sung a song this morning called Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. We, we, we did that song. We had that song at our wedding when we were starting off. When I worked for a, an electronics company that didn't really pay me very much. And at that point in time, I was determined to give back to God to sow into the life of this church, and we've been doing that ever since. And we sung, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And as we have lived our lives together, and as we've had the highs and the lows, the blacks and the reds, you know what I'm talking about, eh? <laughs> and you go, God is always there. Even though we give to God, God is always faithful. God has never let us down. And when, it, when the prophet says, test me in this, I want to encourage you, and I've experienced this, that when we test God in that, when we say, okay, I'm going to take you at your word, God. I'm going to test you in this. Be sure that God will bless you. But it needs to be ours to give. And I would say, if, if at this point you're struggling with debts and stuff like that, then your money's not necessarily yours to give. At the moment, you need to get the debt sorted out. But bring that before God as well, and he can help you with that. And we've seen this outworked. We've seen this outworked so many times. And God blesses, God blesses, God blesses. I 
I'm so careful not to preach this message. Given it will be given unto you. Yes, it's in the Bible, but we don't give to receive. That's one of the most difficult things about giving. I've listened to testimonies over the years of preachers standing on platforms saying that they did this and God blessed them with this. And you're like, oh, well, I'm going to try that. Where's my wallet? I'm going to give a tenner and see if I get £100 back. <laughs> you need to get away from that kind of thinking. You need to get away from prosperity gospel stuff, okay? I don't believe, yes, God blesses us. It might not be financially, but we know that we're sowing into the kingdom of God. It's a foundational principle. If you sow generously, you will also be part of the blessing that will come in the life of the church as we move forward, not to mention storing treasure in heaven. And just a little thought as I draw things to a close, I'm almost finished. I'll be two minutes, maybe three, maybe four, okay? But bear with me. They say that you can't take it with you. You can't take your goods and possessions with you, don't they? And we all know that that's true. We can't take it with us. Our money, our estate, we can't take it with us. But there's a very real sense in which we can take it with us. Why? Because if we sow into the kingdom of God, if we sow into the kingdom of God now, we're storing up for ourselves what? Treasure in heaven. What does Jesus say? Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. It's a sure investment. These days, you don't know what to invest in. Can I just encourage you? If you invest in the things of God, then it's a sure investment. We might not see everything here on this earth, but we know that we're laying up for ourselves treasure in heaven. Please hear today what I am not saying, okay? Hear what I am not saying. Does everybody, is everybody on the same page as me, okay? I am not pressuring anyone to give financially to the church. I don't even ask for an offering. I've already said that, okay? And I'm not putting, hear what I'm not saying, okay? I, I, Hear what I'm not saying. I am not making anyone feel guilty or I'm not trying to. If you feel something bubbling up inside, I hope it's not feelings of guilt. I hope it's the Holy Spirit, okay? Let me just be clear about that. Not pressure, never ask. And I just kind of think that's not what we're about as a church. We've never been about that as a church. Please hear what I am saying, okay? Are we getting this? This is what I am saying, okay? Just to be clear, because I remember doing that wee quiz at the start of this message, and nobody remembered the stuff from last week, okay? <laughs> so here what I am saying, what I am saying is that giving is a biblical principle. I've only touched on it today. I've not even given you a pinky nail sketch today, okay? What I am saying is that the tithe is a biblical principle, and one that we adhere to personally. And there are other things that we give to over and above that. What I am saying is that you need to come before God and decide what your response should be. What I am saying is that all across our world today and through time and through the generations, people have given financially to the mission and that's how it has advanced. People gave because they believed in the urgency of the mission. I wonder, actually, thinking about the early church, how it said that they sold their possessions and gave to anyone who was in need. Do you, think, do you think part of that was because they thought, the Lord's coming back soon, I don't need it? What do you think? I, I, I'm just thinking out loud here. Maybe, it's, maybe that's something to do with it. Maybe we have got so comfortable and so settled that we've forgotten that the Lord's coming back, that we will have a relationship with God in heaven as well, and that we'll have treasure in heaven that we can invest I don't know, maybe that's something to bear in mind. But the church across the world is on a mission, and that mission needs to be financed. What I am saying is that God provides the resources, and he does it through people whose hearts are willing to give. He does it through people whose hearts are moved and willing to give. This church has amazing potential. God has given us prophetic words which have spoken into the direction of the church and trying to pull it all together and say, this is where we're going. I 
believe with all my heart, along with other leaders in our nation, that God wants to do something where he pours out his spirit and brings transformation in us and in the community that we live in and the surrounding communities in this area of West Lothian. I'm finished. <laughs> I was going to say something else there, but I took up my five minutes. I'm in the extra time and we're not going to penalties, okay? So I'm finished. I'm finished. I don't need to say any more. If you don't have one of these, then take one. They're up the back, okay? They're out in the, the foyer. If you do have one, can I please ask that you take this and that you read it out loud? Vision and mission. If a picture could capture a church, blah, 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 okay? I'm not going to do it. Read it out loud, pray over it, and ask God how he wants you to respond because this is our church family. I believe that God can do incredible things through our church family. I believe God wants to do something fresh and new. Now it springs up. I've been talking about now it springs up. It's been springing up for the last 10 years. Like, hurry up. <laughs> but you can't rush God. God's not in a hurry. God's in the process of changing us so that we become the people who are ready to fulfill that vision and his mission. Let's pray and then we're done. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for every person who's here in, in, in the building today. Father, we thank you for uh, just all that you're doing in our hearts. Lord, we thank you for all who've joined online today. Father, we thank you that you are in the business of seeing transformation come. And Lord, we pray again today, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Father, in our church, in our families, in our wider church family, in West Lothian, Father, we pray that your kingdom will come and that your will would be done and that your name would be glorified. And Father, that we would be proud to talk about the things that you are doing, not proud in a boastful way, but proud in a bold way, in a courageous way to talk about the things that our God is doing. And Father, we pray that you bring glory to your name in the nation. Father, our nation needs a touch from you. And Father, we pray again for Scotland. Lord, we pray that you'd revive our nation. Father, that you do something fresh in our nation that would bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and have a fantastic week ahead and may you know his presence in all that you do. Amen.